how I, how I actually know that um, intimately at the moment with all the different things that we're trying to do in the building. Isn't it great to be um, in the room? And of course, on our live stream this morning, um, welcome, um, you give my welcome to you. Um, let me say what a relief it is to be able to speak to faces. Um, it's, just, it's just amazing. It's a very lonely place, you know, um, preaching down a camera in a small room. Um, as much as I love Andy Erdley, um, it's, it's good to see some, some other faces. Um, actually, if I can just uh, give a shout-out for, for Andy Erdley, just, um, just a real... Just a real thanks to him um, for all the, the many months that he's uh, really led the way in getting our broadcasts out, and um, we're so grateful to him. And uh, Andy, if you're listening, uh, thank you so much. We're, as I say, we're so grateful to you. Um, bless you, mate. Um, also, um, thanks to all of those who've got our building back together. Um, uh, with all the new banners and things, um, it's been great. I've been off this week and I've come back and, wow, it's all tidy. Um, I've probably been the worst culprit for the mess in this building over the last um, few months. And uh, I, I, I came in, I couldn't find anything. It was um, unsettling, to say the least. Um, so, oh, I've, I've got my notes down there. I'm still not that confident with uh, with laptop technology. It might kind of go off at some point, um, so I'll dive back to that. Right. And it's not working at all. There we go. There we go. So, um, after our Easter break, we're now back into our teaching series on prayer. Um, wasn't last week great, by the way. It's just so great to get some, get back into some baptisms, wasn't it? It was just such a very special morning. But we're back to our series on prayer this morning. And for me, this has been a, a great series. I've learned so much. And as we've been doing all of this in parallel with our prayer course um, it's been great to do that. Um, it's been amazing how much, how little about prayer I, I actually know. And it, it's been so good to do that with everybody else. And I'm really um, hopeful that we're all putting some of that into practice um, in our personal prayer lives and, and in all the ways in which we still get to, to pray, even in lockdown, um, together as a family. So I pick up the series again this week, sharing about listening within the context of prayer. Now, I, I lost my mum, I sadly lost my mum at the grand old age of 90 over the summer. Thankfully, um, um, due to old age, not COVID. And she would have been laughing like a drain right now if she knew that I was actually preaching this morning on the subject of listening. I say this because my childhood and most of my teenage years were littered with familiar phrases like, you know what your trouble is, Richard? Everything goes in one ear and straight out of the other. My dear old granddad used to say to me, Richard, if you open the front door, 
you need to make sure you shut the back door so at least it gets chance to touch the sides. Now, I had no idea what he meant by that, and I think it got something to do with the fact that, again, I was not very good at listening. Don't you just love old-fashioned wisdom? My school reports contained for many years comments like, Richard can learn if only he learned to listen first. My design teacher once wrote in one of my reports, if I tattooed my instructions on Richard's forehead, he would still go off and do his own thing. Listening was never one of my talents, which probably doesn't fill you with a lot of confidence right now for the next 20, 25 minutes. But you know what? I'm going to try and do the very best I can. I think, though, that over the years, I've learned, sometimes painfully, and Jess will testify to this, I'm sure, the real benefits of taking time to properly listen, both to others and in prayer before God. It still doesn't help, though, does it, when clever clogs who chirp in and say, well, you know what, it's all very well learning to listen, but do you really hear? Don't they really annoy you when people say things like that? Give a man a break. I can only do one thing well at a time. Okay, there may, be well, may well be some truth in the fact that there are differences between the verb to listen and the verb to hear. But I'm not going to get too much into that debate this morning, so I'm going to be chopping and changing about between the two, two words as I go along. And I'm only really saying this because my passage this morning doesn't actually have the word listen in it at all. But it does have the word hear, so I'm going to hope that we're all okay with that. One of the things that I wondered about when I put my preach together for this morning was whether listening was in fact a gift or a discipline. And after some thought, I actually came to the conclusion that the answer, I think is in fact both. You see, there are a number of very special people in my life who are genuinely gifted listeners. Not people like me who spent a number of years actually training as a counsellor, believe it or not, spending many hours often with very troubled people only to realise that I had to work really hard at the very tricky art of listening. Listening just didn't come naturally to me at all. But what my time as a counsellor and being amongst a team of counsellors did do was helpfully show me how to recognise those who indeed have got a natural gift for listening. A God-given gift for listening, if you like. And it helped me appreciate them all the more for being in my life. I do hope that many of you too have people like that in your lives and we do need to regularly be telling them how precious they are truly. I've now come to the uh, very peaceful conclusion that I'm not a terrible listener. I'm just one of those who need to work a bit harder at it. In fact the um, Great German theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer 
in his book Life Together, describes the vast majority of us as being one-eared listeners. Those who have inner voices and agendas that are not quiet enough to make listening a worthwhile activity. Those who have inner voices and agendas that are not quiet enough to make listening a worthwhile activity. Now, when I read that, it really impacted me because I realized that this was me. Far too often, my capacity for listening is so cluttered with the world going on inside my own head that to hear others clearly can often be a bit of a hit and miss exercise. So it got me thinking, what is it about these very special people that make them so gifted in what they do? What makes them stand out from the rest of us one-eared listeners that makes us want to go to them when we really need to be heard and understood? I thought to myself, if I can work out the particular attributes these people have that make them such good listeners, then perhaps I can introduce them into my prayer life to help my listening become as good, if not better, than my speaking and my asking. So let me share with you what I know I will get when I'm in these times and I spend with these gifted listeners. I know I'll be heard. I know they will look me in the eyes and give me their full attention for as long as it takes. I know they'll take time with my words to consider them and discern wise answers and give me solutions and actions to work them out. I know their hearts are for me and and love sits at the centre of their motives for spending time with me. I know they won't judge me or, or consider me stupid, weak or foolish. I know they'll be generous with their silence and give me space to speak. I know that the way they listen to me makes me want to listen to them even more. And I know that what I share, good, bad, and ugly, will never change the way they feel about me. So imagine if we were to take a few of these incredible attributes and build them into our prayer lives. Imagine alongside our our confidence to adore him, to petition him, to intercede before him we learn how to bring the very great skill and art of listening before a God who has so much to say to us and he loves us to hear his voice. Jesus knew the importance of listening. We know this because the phrase Jesus repeats the most throughout his ministry is he who has ears or he who has an ear, let him hear. He says this eight times in the Gospels and a further seven times in the book of Revelation. The importance of listening and hearing carried great weight 
with Jesus. He knew that if we didn't learn to tune our ears to the Father, we would stumble and find ourselves at times in real trouble. He gave warnings to this on many occasions. His voice was to be vital to us as our constant reference point and our place of safety. And Jesus illustrated this beautifully in our passage this morning from John 10, verse 1 to 5. And I'm reading from ESV. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hears his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought us all brought us out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. As always, Jesus draws from the rich imagery of the time to bring home his point. Sheep are one of the most helpless creatures on the planet, and he compares us to them. He knows that history has shown that survival has not always been our forte. Even though we claim to be the top of the food chain, our existence remains precariously precarious at times. And hey, we know that, don't we? It's taken a year-long pandemic to remind us of that one. We are far from invincible as a species. Although framed by simple imagery, in this passage, Jesus sets out his trademark teaching technique of warning and solution. He says, intimately get to know the voice of the Father as he modeled throughout his ministry or leave yourself vulnerable and exposed. In the barren, hostile um, hills of Palestine, listening to the voice of the shepherd was far and above a sheep's most effective way of surviving. It was well known that robbers used to steal the outer garments of the shepherds as they slept, thinking that the smell of their clothes would help them lead the sheep away. But the shepherds had taken time to name each sheep by their unique characteristics. Black nose, long tail, fluffy. He knew the individual pitch of their bleating. And he taught each of them to unmistakably know his voice. What the shepherd had done had uh, created a unique partnership of listening that was intimate and foolproof. As his sheep had become instantly recognisable to him, his voice alone had become instantly recognisable to them. 
We won't learn to recognize the voice of God if we don't take time to listen and get familiar with it. Sounds really obvious, doesn't it? But we're frequently in danger of losing our way if we don't allow his voice to become the one that we respond to. Now, it's true to say that we hear the voice of God as we pray in many different ways. We hear him, don't we, through his word. As we read scripture, God speaks to us through it. The words of Jesus come alive in the Gospels, as fresh and as relevant today as they were when he first spoke them. Let's not neglect taking our Bibles into our prayer times. Without them, it's kind of like trying to listen to a radio without the speaker. And often, it can be the most powerful way in which God gets to speak to us. Some hear his voice audibly. Others of us, I don't, I don't generally do that, but others of us instead will get a sense of him speaking to us in the spirit. He can speak to us through prophecy and dreams and visions. I will pour out my flesh, my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young shall see visions, and your old shall dream dreams. I'm ever so slightly jealous of those who get to hear him in dreams. It's not one of the things I very often experience. But others do, I know. I did know somebody who God regularly put to sleep in their prayer time. Not put to sleep dead. (laughs) Um, In order to speak to them in a dream. I, however, unfortunately, can fall asleep for all the wrong reasons. If our minds are open and accommodating enough, visions can pour in and his purposes can get freely laid out before us. He'll speak to us through creation, through the physical world. I know many of you um, get to sense that, the way that he speaks to you. Let's not get stuck in, um, sorry, through strangers and friends, through other people's wisdom. That's often a very common one, actually, that we get to miss sometimes when he wants to speak to us. And I personally find that, other people speaking wisdom into my life, a way in which I know God speaks to me. And I think that's so helpful. He'll speak to us on the move and instruct us on the way. Let's not get stuck in the belief that we have to have his heart all tied up neatly with his plans and purposes watertight before we go into adventures with him. He'll speak to us on the go if that's his intention. He'll speak as clearly to us in our greatest moments of joy as he would do in our darkest moments of pain and struggle. And and Gina's um, shared that this morning. I found that actually in difficult times, his voice can become much more persistent. But of course, none of the above will have any real impact on our lives if we simply 
don't know how to stop and listen. How to be those who learn to tune into his voice and unmistakably know it to be his. My beautiful little granddaughter, who's over there, by the way, who's still only three and a half months old, has learned very quickly that her mum's voice is the most important thing in her life right now. Her vision and her focus is not quite there yet. But she's very quickly learned how to tune into her mother's voice. How to know that she's there in the room and know that she's safe. And of course get food as well. <laughs> Mutual listening is what makes what we have with him a relationship, a partnership of listeners. Not just always speaking, but taking time to enjoy hearing what each other has to say. Having those precious friends around me who know how to take time with me and leave me feeling valued and heard, they continually model to me what gifted listening is all about. They are what I truly believe God gives me as a touchstone for the way I need to come before him in my prayer life. So I want to finish by going back to the list of things I know I get when I spend time with these amazing people. But this time I want to turn it round so they get to face in the other direction. So that instead of me continually being the recipient of them, I learn from them and take some of these great principles into my prayer life with me. I want to use them as statements of intent that will allow me to give God more space to speak and for, him, for me to listen and tune in to his voice. And I'd really love to do that this morning as a personal prayer response to him. My commitment to him as my part in the listening partnership. And I'd love for you to join with me in making them your statements of intent too. Your promises to make him, to make listening to your prayer, in your prayer life more important than ever before. So if you'd like to do that this morning with me, let me invite you to stand, sit, raise your arms, whatever is comfortable to you right now. I'm going to speak the words, and if you'd like to do that, just respond to them in your hearts before God. Lord, we just want to start by saying sorry for the times when we've spoken too much and listened too little. Forgive us for not giving time for your voice to speak freely and uninterrupted into our lives. So Lord, I want to commit again to you a listening heart that is wide open to receive all that is on yours. So Lord, because you do all these things first for me in love, I want to say to you,
I want you to be heard and acknowledged. I want to give my time to listen to you for as long as it takes. I want you to have my full attention so I can learn more clearly to recognize your voice. Lord, I promise to take time with your words, to consider them, discern them, and to make wise and obedient choices out of them. I promise as best I can to put actions to your instructions. Lord, I want you to know that my heart is for you and my love for you sits at the very centre of my motives for spending time with you. I want you to know that if I struggle at times with what you have to say to me, I will continue to honour your name and trust your judgement. If I fail to hear your voice, I promise to persevere until I do. Lord, I promise that whatever you ask me to do, whether it be encouragement or correction, it will never change the way I feel about you. Lord, I, I promise to be generous with my silence and give you space to speak. Teach me to learn to listen first and speak last. Lord, with the way you listen to me, make me want to listen to you even more. And Lord, I want your voice first and not the voice of strangers to become familiar and lead me into all you have for me. Amen.